0: So before we get started with this week's show, I want to introduce you all, or rather reintroduce you, to someone very special who's been on Girlboss Radio before. And she's actually been on the show twice. And she's here with a special announcement for everybody, Aurora Aurora James. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm so good,
1: Sophia. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So you have been on Girlboss Radio before, once for an interview with me. And you also did a special edition of Girlboss Radio live at the Girlboss Rally. And that was made possible thanks to our partners at Toomey. Can you tell our listeners why you're here today and what news you have?
1: Well, I'm excited to announce that I'm the host for a very exciting and very special new season of In Progress, the podcast, presented in partnership with Toomey. We're changing things up a bit this new season and we're
0: exploring a little something we're calling origin stories. Okay, origin stories. That sounds interesting. And you're going to tell us a little bit more about it later in the show, right? Correct. Correct. But before
1: we even get there, I hope listeners subscribe so they don't miss the first episode when it drops August 22nd.
0: Everybody, make sure you subscribe to In Progress, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or follow it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Go do it now. Do it right now. So I trust that you're going to do that. And I look forward to hearing more about the new season of In Progress later on in the show. I'm so excited to share and talk about it, you guys. Hi. Hi. I'm Sophia Amaruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio. You know, we often hear all these stories about the little startup that could, and I'm sure you've read those articles that go over how the first Facebook or Google employees made bank after their companies went public and became tech behemoths. But how do you actually figure out whether or not a startup has the potential to scale and become the next it business? On this episode, we're talking to someone whose career has been focused on strategically analyzing companies and determining whether they're worth investing in. Her name is Susie Roo, and let me tell you, her career is impressive. Susie has worked at the intersection of technology, entertainment, and media in Los Angeles for 10 years. She's served as the VP of technology and innovation at Atom Factory. She's also a partner at Cross Culture Ventures, an early stage venture capital fund that's invested in companies like Lyft, Uber, Dropbox, Warby Parker, Spotify, and so many others. Today, Susie is on the other side of the investor-entrepreneur relationship. She's the co-founder, president, and chief strategy officer of a new entertainment and technology company called q and She launched it less than a year ago with Troy Carter and Jay Irving, who, as you'll hear later, are some pretty notable music industry veterans. And also, I want to say that Susie's a friend of mine and actually someone who personally invested in Girlboss back when we were still very much new to the scene. Our conversation is full of great
2: bits of advice, just like this one. I definitely say when the question is asked of like, what are you looking at entrepreneurs? The answer to that question is um, an unfair advantage and a clarity of vision and an ability to execute towards that vision, to move mountains and to get stuff done. And I would say that that's that's the thesis that I'm applying to myself as an entrepreneur in this company. Would I invest in this company?
0: Welcome to Girl Boss Radio, the show for and about ambitious women exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. On today's show, Susie and I talk about why working in a startup can have long-term benefits, especially when you buy company shares early on. We talk about the three things she always looks for in entrepreneurs before she invests, and she also lets us in on how she stays grounded with the help of her family and a few marathons. Here's our conversation. Welcome to Boss Radio. Thank you. It's so nice to have more time with you because we've actually been trying to get some, some time on the calendar together to go for a hike or something here in LA. But in full disclosure, Susie's one of our investors. A friend of mine, someone I've known for a really long time, someone I admire, who's one of the most helpful people uh, I've ever met in terms of helping entrepreneurs. And I want to get into how you have helped entrepreneurs along uh, your career path, and also how you're building a company now to help entrepreneurs. So um, you've had a you that's been like very much a throughput in what you're doing. And today you're an entrepreneur. So I am. Thank you,
2: Sophia. That's so nice of you to say. And I've just been really um, blessed to be a part of the Girl Boss Journey. Um, even before I was an angel investor in Girl Boss, when you launched Girl Boss Radio and launched the book, I remember those days, yeah. and I'm just really proud of you. I think that was about four years ago now.
0: And wow, thanks. And that's when I came in to the incubator, mm-hmm. ignite. Uh, it, yes, incubator It was called Smash Labs. Oh, okay, the incubator. That's where I met you for the first time with Smash Labs. That's right. And I came in and talked to your luminary portfolio companies. That's right. God knows what, but you interviewed me. and
2: That's right. And I think we were so grateful for you actually coming in and speaking to our entrepreneurs at that time, because I know you were going through so much at that time as well. Um, And for you to take the time out to come speak to other entrepreneurs about the journey, the struggle, the ups and downs and everything in between. Um, I think you really made an impact on me that day, as well as all of our entrepreneurs.
0: Wow. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and I think we were talking about Girl Boss Radio as you were leaving, and um, about how you were seeing that the book, the the results from the book, and the response from the book was really turning into a movement. And yeah, it just started. Yeah, Literally the, podcast just the podcast about
0: four years old. We started in 2015. Mm-hmm. Pioneers. Yep. <laughs> um, so I want to start at the beginning of your career, um, which is so impressive, but. You know, you, your first job on your resume is as, as an investment banking analyst. That's right. But I want to know, did you have jobs before that? Did you have goofy jobs in high school? Did yeah. Did you have lemonade stands? What was your first job-ish?
2: Yeah. So I am a child of immigrants. And so I was born in South South Korea. And I got here in 1992. I was five years old. And I like to say I was drop shipped into the middle of kindergarten. Um, And my parents had to figure out what they were going to do. They were here for graduate education. But um, lo and behold, they became apprenticed to entrepreneurs and then entrepreneurs themselves. So my first job in my teens um, in elementary school, junior high school and high school was definitely translation services. Uh, from Korean to English for documents that my dad was working on. Uh, Before he became an entrepreneur, he was helping with odd jobs with the Korean newspaper, with um, local computer classes, um, teaching computer, local translation documents, a photographer for the newspaper when K-pop groups would come into L.A. in the early 90s. Um, Your introduction to music. Oh my gosh, my first love, <laughs> the music is K-pop, industry, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, and and I don't have any shame to say that. <laughs> um, but that was my first job. And as they became entrepreneurs, um, they started a small business that catered towards other Asian American small businesses and and restaurants. Actually, um, then my job became in the facilities manufacturing and packing and shipping boxes, um, they've expanded into different categories, and so then it became designing and editing websites. I'm very inspired by my immigrant entrepreneur parents, that that immigrant hustle. Yeah, yeah. in many ways. From a teenager,
0: you've been helping entrepreneurs.
2: I guess so, I never really thought about it yeah. that way, but that's uh, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, so you studied business at
0: USC, But before you even left USC, you had co-founded something called the Marshall Case Team. Can you tell me just a little bit about your leadership experience before you left school
2: and what that was? That is wild that you bring that up because I, 7 a.m. this morning, was just emailing um, some folks from USC, both alumni on the Marshall Case Team as well as professors, as well as students. I studied business at USC and I was one of those high schoolers that took a business card uh, to undergrad Um, and showed the admissions officer and gave them my business card it was printed in color and it had a sun and a cloud and a rainbow on it and I had braces I had a photo on my business card do you think that helped you get into college? Honestly, I think they were like, who is this? <laughs> uh, but I really loved USC for the, the business environment and the alumni network and just all of the global programming. They were very early to that. And what the Marshall Case team was, was a, was a cohort of undergrads that spend up to 20 hours a week on business challenges and recommendations for corporations. So it was basically like consult, undergrad consulting on steroids and in a, in a varsity type of environment. And so we were staying up all night to be able to um, prepare analyses and recommendations. And really it, it provided us a lot of out of the classroom training on how to communicate with one another, how to communicate our ideas. And ultimately it put us in good positions to get great jobs. Um, And looking back at that alumni email that I just responded to this morning, um, I'm so proud of everyone that has gone through that program and keep in touch with a few of them to this day.
0: How has your alumni network, because from college, because I, you know, I, so many of us have one. How has that helped you? Have you, how would you recommend that one of our listeners think about using or utilizing their alumni network yeah. successfully post grad?
2: Yeah, I'm also very lucky that I've been in Los Angeles um, consistently through uh, from undergrad to now, so that's 15 years, um, and so Los Angeles is full of USC alumni, and um, I think that how to best go about as a career recommendation thinking about alumni networks is I really believe in the concept of peer mentors. Um, like I, re- I consider you, Sophia, a peer mentor. Like you've been in the game of entrepreneurship for much longer than I. And right now we're building companies at the same time, um, making mistakes and learning every single day um, and also celebrating our wins together and I think that when you don't have that 10 years in or 15 years in in terms of experience the people around you the ones who are as ambitious as you and are going to keep you accountable your friends your colleagues people that you identify that same spark of energy um, in uh, for me um, really, my USC colleagues um, and fellow alumni, as well as a few young women, um, right after I graduated that had similar ambition and hustle as me, became like my rock, my tribe, my my peer mentors. How do you communicate
0: with them? Like, how do you stay in touch with them? Um, if is it I'm, formal in any way?
2: Or you're just like, it's important to me to stay close? It is important to me to stay close. And I'll give one tip that is a, is a way to stay close that not many people do. Um, I have about six people which shared Google calendars with me. Yeah, um, two of my best friends from high school and then four of my best girlfriends from post-college. That's so smart, that's so smart. It's because really great you can- because you know where each other are and yeah. you know where each other will be. And so, you know, when to reach out. Oh, I know that person. Let me
0: ping them. Oh, cool. You're going to be meeting my friend. She's really great. Like you can influence and piggyback on one another's. Absolutely. So you spent some time in venture capital. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am I want to hear just a little bit about the stops on your career path
2: that led you to that and then your role now at Q&A. Absolutely. Um, when I graduated from college, like yes, I did start my career in investment banking, but that was very short-lived. Um, I I loved being Excel ninja, but I did not love being Excel monkey, um, if you will. And um, I really found myself being pulled towards people and and more creative industry. And I was always usually the first person on every platform um, and evangelizing others around platforms. And so digital media seemed like a good place. I walked into an office and um, saw a skylight and dogs and an indoor park. Um, This was at OMD in in Playa Vista. And I fell in love and I accepted a 70% pay cut um, one year out of undergrad and worked there for five years. So that pay cut, I, I think it was $32,000 Thirty-two thousand dollars annual salary. I moved back in home with my parents. Um, found a found a team found a, a colleague to commute with and to work who lived close, and um, hustled my way over five years in um, in finding my passion and what I found as my passion. There, our clients were big brands like Warner Brothers Pictures, um, Levi's, PepsiCo, CBS, Walgreens, and my job over the over five years became. Um, hunting out emerging platforms, communities, founders, and um, future uh, media opportunities for partnerships and business development on behalf of our agency overall, as well as um, as well as our brands. And what I found on the other side is I loved interfacing with entrepreneurs, hearing their vision, and being able to make something incredible happen for them. And now I say, now I joke that that's uh, non dilutive revenue. capital in the bank, free money um, and the money coming from the brand, usually in the six figures range, even as a test and a pilot. But I love being able to make that happen. And um, early days we were interfacing with, um, this this team was interfacing with YouTube and Instagram and Snap and Flipboard, Oculus Rift, Warby Parker. Um, And I absolutely loved being able to see um, projects go from Kickstarters to fully funded and fully perf- fully scaled out companies, um, and participating in that process. Uh, this is actually where I first heard about Nasty Gal as well. A seventy percent pay cut. Oh yeah, you want? To- I
0: mean, I want to go back to that because
2: yeah. a lot of our listeners and
0: you know, the question I hear on the Girl Boss community a lot is like, wow, I want to switch industries, but they won't hire me. I'm in social media, but I want to get into say music or whatever it is but I'm a senior manager or a director and people expect that to be a lateral move but actually when you do make a move into an in, a new industry that company's taking a chance on you and giving you an opportunity to learn something um, it, and you know when when they could hire someone who already has that experience who uh, they may not have to get up to the level obviously it sounds like that was a good choice is that something that if you can't afford it you think you recommend people do to basically
2: subsidize their futures, right? Do you feel like that was what you did? I feel like it was an investment in myself In finding a new passion in a career and yeah like hindsight in hindsight it was a a great decision I'm so grateful for it I think in college everything was so prioritized around the highest level of success and the hardest thing to attain and in a in an undergrad business program that looks like accounting or finance or consulting and investment banking and um you know I pursued that and I and accomplished that but I found myself incredibly unhappy and Incredibly unfulfilled, and honestly, when I walked into this office with the indoor park and dogs, <laughs> I was um, incredibly inspired, and I thought, "I'll, I'll join the what we used to call the poverty elite." <laughs> because we had a lot of responsible decisions to, to make and you know, million-dollar budgets, multi-million-dollar budgets on behalf of the biggest brands of the world. Um, and I decided I would join that club and work my way back up in um, an environment and with people that I, I loved and cared about.
0: I think that's something that, you know, a lot of us at the early stage in our careers should be, probably reframe as being proud of, right? We're not making a ton of money. We have a lot to learn. We see people ahead of us. We don't know when we're going to get there, you know, but also thinking like, wow, I have this amazing opportunity. This is something that's really special. I should be so grateful for that, that I feel like I, you know, I, 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 I am blessed or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that someone's taken a bet on me and actually um, I'm in a place that's way ahead of where I could be. No matter where we are in our careers, you know, there's something to celebrate and we should all be grateful for like
2: where we are today, right? Absolutely. And and it was really only because of those five years that I spent and I spent five years there and every year was a different learning opportunity. And at the end of that five years, um, it was the only way that I could have received the opportunity. Um, to work with my partner, Troy Carter, and join the world of venture capital with zero venture capital experience. Yeah, How did you meet Troy? And tell me who Troy Carter is. Yeah, Troy is the co-founder and CEO of Q&A. Um, and this is a new company that we have just built. And um, he is uh, an incredible human, a family man from West Philly, five kids. And um, he, is a longtime entrepreneur in the music industry, has built several music companies. Um, he managed the careers of Lady Gaga, John Legend, Megan Trainor, Charlie Puth, um, and, and many others, including Eve, the rapper, mm-hmm. 90s hip hop. And he worked with the Notorious B.I.G. at one point. Oh my goodness, he did. He wasn't a manager at the time. He was a promoter in mm-hmm. Philly. And um, it was when Biggie was on Puff's label, I believe. And uh, he was troy was the promoter for the show that night and i think the story goes that he biggie and puff did not show up <laughs> Wow! They, they showed up later for the after party and they all, all hung out and that started a new career for troy as an intern at bad boy records we'll get back to my conversation with Susie in just a minute but before we do i want to let you know a little bit
0: about one of our sponsors so here's something i've been thinking about lately how can we keep our workplaces connected when so many of us are taking calls and meetings while on the go? At Girlboss, we have work from home Friday, so the office closes and we all work from home, but obviously, we still need to stay connected to get work done. And thankfully, our partners at T-Mobile for Business totally get this. T-Mobile offers services to keep your business connected 24/7 like free data and texting in over 200 countries and destinations. To learn more about how T-Mobile can power your connectivity, go to tmobile.com/business. That's T-Mobile with a hyphen after the T.com/business. Okay, now let's get back to the show. So, music. Yes, you spent a lot of time in music, and I want to talk a little bit about that. So Troy is in music, but you've also worked alongside him investing. Yes, um, both with Cross Culture, but you've also worked at Adam Factory. Yep. Adam Factory was his management company, exactly,
2: and Set up Cross up to Culture, support Lady Gaga, and yeah. other artists um, about ten years ago, and I joined him in the June of 2015 after I hit my five-year mark at OMD. And, and he and I met um, in a meeting. He had heard about our team, this innovation and emerging platforms team at an advertising and media agency. And he wanted to learn more. He's, he's very curious and um, he likes to go deep and he likes to um, just learn as much as possible. And in that meeting with our team, um, it became a conversation with him and I and that was because the team was relatively new. And I had I had gone through, like I mentioned that every year was um, a new learning opportunity. I had just gone through an incredible challenge um, at OMD where the founders of this team had left to go start their own independent advertising agency. Um, that was about five years ago. And so it was in this period of stress and anxiety about the future um, where I decided, Wow, okay, this is it's time to rebuild, it's time to set a new foundation, bring on new teammates, um, and um, also just imagine the future. That is when I, I met Troy. And then you got into the VC world. Yes, because Troy, um, as a music manager, um, he was breaking artists on social platforms and very curious about technology, very curious about Silicon Valley, and he would. Actually, spend time in the Bay Area to get educated from the best, of the best mentors um, and entrepreneurs and investors. And so he had already um, developed a portfolio of investing in entrepreneurs in the order of 50 companies. I joined him, and he really made a, he really put a bet on me that I could do um, what he asked me to do and what I th- what I agreed to do to not only support the entrepreneurs that he had already invested in, as well as go and find the next generation of entrepreneurs. And I want to give a shout out to both Troy, but also um, Troy's former venture partner, who was a friend of mine, um, and she was his venture partner in 2015. Her name is Katerina uh, Markov-Schneider, and she's the founder of a, a local LA company called Ritual. So Katarina was Troy's venture partner and helped him invest in companies and she had the dream of starting her own and so she was pregnant with her first baby. Now she has two Um, and during that year 2015 she set up Ritual. We became angel investors and that became my transition in as an investor alongside Troy at Atom Factory. At the same time we were setting up our first micro venture capital fund called Cross Culture Ventures. So over the past four years, we've invested in about 45 entrepreneurs and companies. What are some of those companies? We were an early investor in Gimlet Media, who became um, a part of Spotify just over the last six months. Um, Other companies, let's see, uh, I wanna just talk about our female entrepreneurs. um, Entrepreneurs that happen to be women and um, across Adam Factory and Cross Culture Ventures, we have invested in Moj Madara from BeautyCon, um, in Sophia Marissa from Girl Boss, in Angela and Evelyn from Yumi, in Sarah Figu from Blue Land. Yeah. We're an investor in Katarina and Ritual, Different Space, um, an incredible company called Mommy, led by Melissa Hannah. Um, another awesome company called. Um, Endplug plug by Nancy Lou and um, Block Party by Tracy Chow. Wow.
0: Um,
2: Breeze by Annabelle Lai. The list goes on. That's amazing. Yeah, we're we're incredibly proud and grateful to have backed um, a lot of inspiring entrepreneurs and a lot of women of color, a lot of women of color, yeah. a lot of immigrant kids, yeah, a, a lot of serial entrepreneurs as well, and a lot of first time entrepreneurs. So tell me about Q&A.
0: Yes. I want to get into Q&A because we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, what is Q&A? What can you tell me about it today?
2: Yes. So about nine months ago, um, holiday time last year, uh, I was having a conversation with Troy and we were uh, inspired to start a new company. Uh, it's a longer story than that. But um, it became, you know how can we give our unique gifts to the world? Uh, Across music and across technology, we've invested in so many entrepreneurs, both of music and entertainment technology companies, as well as companies across the board that have scaled from zero to hundreds of thousands of teammates. Um, As an angel investor, Troy and Adam Factory invested in Lyft and Dropbox and Uber and Warby Parker and Spotify. Gusto, The Skim, Misfit, great companies. And, you know, we... Um, thought if we can give um, what we gave to our entrepreneurs, to ourselves as entrepreneurs, this is, this is my personal line of thinking, um, wow, what could we build? What problem needs to be solved in the music industry that we can do so scalably through technology and services? How can we empower the next generation of artists um, as entrepreneurs through a full ecosystem where artists can feel supported and have progress in their career, whether they're independent artists or major global superstars and everything in the middle. So in a way, Q&A is a modern music and technology that would like to meet artists where they're at. And almost we're building multiple companies in one where you know, certain products and services aren't going to be applicable to artists depending on where they're at in their career. Do they already have music up on Spotify and SoundCloud and Apple Music? Do they already have a manager and a lawyer, um, an agent? Do they already have a record label and are in a long-term deal or a publishing company? So we're imagining, we're reimagining how An entrepreneur as an artist can make it in this new generation that includes streaming platforms globally and you know billions of customers around the world billions of listeners and fans around the world how can we give them um, how can we give artists a better way to both reach as well as interact with those listeners um, and by taking care of themselves first
0: So artists as entrepreneurs.
2: Artists as entrepreneurs. So our company, we're not building a next Spotify or SoundCloud, which is one of the questions I get. Spotify and SoundCloud can build that as well as Apple Music and Amazon Music and everybody else. Um, We're building a company to support artists. Would you say it's a white label label? Um, It can include that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I just like
0: I thought about that on the way here and I was like, mm, I like the sound of that. I'm going to ask her if it's that.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, from a label to a publishing company to a management company to a tech enabled platform that supports artists that, you know, uh, traditionally music industry and music companies uh, and management companies really can't support. Um, they don't have the infrastructure to support artists hundreds or hundreds of thousands of artists so how can we build scalable systems and products technology products that can scale to support artists globally in the millions range because the creator economy is is so real and so there and you know we'll we'll have all of those traditional services that are more boutique and more white glove for artists who are further along and the whole whole point is to create this ecosystem this value proposition where you can you can start at the beginning you can move along in the journey you can jump back um, and you can be a part of our our q a ecosystem so you're an entrepreneur now i am in some ways you
0: know it's, you always have been you've been really entrepreneurial in your career but this is different well how has the
2: shift been to becoming an entrepreneur it is Oh my gosh, so humbling. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've joined the other side and um, I'm so I'm really grateful. It's really hard, um, but I'm having so much fun. I have wonderful co founders in Troy as well as my co founder, Jay Irving. Um, one part of the QA ecosystem uh, in a product and service as a distribution label services company is Human Resources. Jay is the founder and CEO of that company. We actually merged with human resources as one of our first first moves towards expansion and so now I have two um, co-founders in Troy and Jay and building a team and has been absolutely the most rewarding and challenging Um, you know in the same way that we meet entrepreneurs and we evaluate as investors and evaluate their clarity of vision and their ability to execute and uh, their intentionality about the world and how they want to show up in that world. The same goes for recruiting a team and bringing on on humans to give their time and their energy and their mind space to a company and a company that you founded. It's something like I've never felt before. And I'm, I'm really grateful to now 25 teammates wow. in nine months who have joined us. Um, and I'm really proud that 10 of those teammates are women. Yeah. So what do you look for when you're recruiting? If I wanted to join Q&A, what would I what would you what
0: would I show up and tell you or how would I approach the, you know, interviewing experience to really wow you?
2: Yeah. Um you know, I haven't really th- thought about that right now or I haven't thought about that up until this point, but I definitely say when the question is asked of like what are you looking at entrepreneurs? the answer to that question is um, an unfair advantage and a clarity of vision and an ability to execute towards that vision, to move mountains and to get stuff done. And I would say that that's the that's the thesis that I'm applying to myself as an entrepreneur in this company. Would I invest in this company? Um, Because I have. And in the teammates that we bring on, maybe that's too harsh because a a life of an entrepreneur is lonely and hard. Um, But as a teammate, I'm also looking for um, people that want to build something greater than themselves and have experience that we could add both as professional experience as well as culture additions, not culture fits, that... Um, can add to the perspectives and diversity of um, our company. That's
0: really brilliant because culture fit implies that somebody fits into a culture that's already pre-existing. And sometimes that can be a monoculture and culture should evolve. And to have those different perspectives is so incredibly important in building a workplace where those perspectives are, are celebrated. Um, and it's, um, it's, a, it's, an it feels like very new, but it's also essential to building a happy team and to having a, you know, a place that everyone feels like they're able to influence at no matter what lo- level of the organization they are.
2: Yeah. You know, we incorporated the company in December and we were, um, three teammates or four teammates at incorporation and, and by, May, we were 15 teammates. And by now, at the end of July, we're almost 25 teammates. By the end of the year, we're probably 30 teammates. How do you convince people to join your company
0: when you're like, hey, we have this idea, it's not totally launched yet. I mean, obviously Troy is like, uh, you know, you guys have uh, invested in some, some big hits, mm-hmm. like you have spent a lot of time in entrepreneurship and, you know, can can uh, identify winners and are winners. <laughs> But pre product, you know, I've found that, um, especially in the technology world for us, before we had this social platform, I was like, listen, we're building this thing. Take a chance on me, engineer who has like a huge job at Tinder. Mm -hmm. Please join me and leave your like much more security, you know, with the the position that you're in today and take a flyer on Girl Boss. It's a little bit easier, I think, today, now that we have a product that people can look at and be like, wow, this digital community is amazing. I totally get it. I'm on board. But pre-product, it can be hard to recruit. How do you sell that vision or how do you find those people? How do you
2: get them to leave those secure jobs? Um, because that's, you know, that's, that's kind of essential. It's, it's been the toughest and most rewarding thing. And yes, we are pre-product, but at the same time, we're, we're a pre-technology product, but a technology and music and technology company. And so I think when um, young, young people um, are working in the music industry, they're uh, very mission driven they're mission driven towards artists and what enables artists and the reality is that we're building a company with a very strong mission and vision to enable more opportunities for artists and through so do so through technology. Not a lot of entrepreneurs um, take that big of a bold vision and risk it, music industry is incredibly complex and antiquated and antiquated and I've heard it's just a nightmare to work in so, I think I mean, it can be. I, I think it can be incredibly rewarding, especially if you're creative and have a lot of energy towards service towards artists and their creative visions. But it can be incredibly rough.
0: It's still a little bit of a wild west, depending on what part of the industry that you're in and the less innovative parts of the music industry. I guess that's been the reputation. So being able to join a really innovative startup that is in the music industry that in a, you know that is someone's passion, but also know that they're going to be part of something that's going to move the industry forward exactly seems I, like a you
2: know really exciting place to be for anybody absolutely and I think people are excited that we have technology we're building technology at the core of our company and that is not a secondhand or um, a, like a next you know we'll do that next year type of play for us like it is fundamental and core to our business and so a lot of people in the music industry are excited about the opportunity to earn equity over time in a in a new music company that has a very big vision and build the company alongside us we want to give options to everyone at the company including um, assistants and entry level right from out of college and so um you know we're trying to build a company that's sustainable over the long term and so i think people that have even people with 10 years or 15 years or 20 years of experience former entrepreneurs um former talent agents former managers are um taking the plunge with us and we're incredibly grateful but i think that they, what they love and we love back is the multidisciplinary nature of the team
0: before we continue with our conversation we have some exciting news for you that i don't want you to miss out on we've been working on another amazing podcast for you to listen to it's called in progress and here to let us know all about it is none other than aurora james the founder of brother Valleys. aurora take it from here
1: Hello, hello, dear Girl Boss Radio listeners! It's me, Aurora James, founder and creative director of Brother Vellies. I am so excited to let you know that In Progress, the podcast, is back for a new season, and I'm hosting. You might remember the podcast In Progress from last year when we released ten episode series in partnership with Tumi, the luxury luggage company we're such huge fans of. So now we're back with a six part season that goes deeper into the conversations we started last year. We covered a lot of ground during the first season of In Progress when we explored what it means to find your purpose in life and how you can align your day to day with that purpose. But for this new season of In Progress, we're diving into something we're calling origin stories. Think of it this way. Origin stories is the culture, people and experiences that shape us into the individuals we are today and the ones we're going to be in the future. We're often so caught up in moving forward that we forget to pause and reflect on the journey that got us to where we are today. And here's the thing, the first step in drawing your personal roadmap to success is to look at the path behind you. How did the neighborhood, school, and community you grew up in impact your worldview? How have you carried your culture and traditions with you as you move forward in life? What challenges did you face along the way and how did they shape you into who you are today? We're exploring all of this and more in the new season of In Progress, presented in partnership with Tumi. The first episode drops on August 22nd, so don't miss out. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Thank you so much, Aurora. Now let's get back to the show. So you mentioned stock options, and I'm not sure everybody really understands what that is, especially when you're early in your career and you have the opportunity to join a startup. You're like, I have a salary. I have a bonus. Okay, the benefits. There's the kind of like the short term, um, you know, this is this is, you know, what What I'm getting from investing my time and energy into this business, um, and especially early in our careers, like we need that money to support ourselves. Like it's um, to, you know, to think long term can be a little bit more challenging, but Mm -hmm. having stock options in the company is a really special thing. And I think it can be undervalued, especially for those of us who have never worked in a company like that. So for our listeners who, you know, may be interested in joining a younger company that offers stock options, but maybe don't know what that is or how special that is. Can you just explain exactly what it is? Just yeah. uh, just a definition of why that is something that uh, should be valued by someone who is
2: looking to join a company that offers that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, options are the ability to purchase shares in a company um, at a fixed rate, at that company's uh, value At the time that you joined and you earn those options over time. Um, So let's say you're joining a company like Spotify and I'm just going to throw a number out there that you joined and the stock options uh, were priced at a dollars, a dollar per share you work there for four years and the standard vesting schedule of the timing that you have to be at the company for for you to be able to earn that right is four years. Usually at one year, you earn 25% and then it transitions to monthly after that. So you've done four years of service at the company and um, you accepted, you know, a, a thousand options, let's say. And at the four-year mark, you have earned the right to exercise and buy those options at one dollar a share. When the company might have grown by a hundred times, and now those shares are worth a hundred dollars each share. So employees joining the company four years
0: later are getting equity at a hundred dollars a share, where you got in early and you get basically the delta between that one dollar and that a hundred dollars and get the upside right
2: that's exactly right and it's it's worth um, in the long run if that if that equity does work out and the company is a rocket ship it it can be um, a life-changing outcome yeah early facebook employees are set you know exactly right yeah especially the ones that what was it some people
0: are like oh you know you hear about people who who sold their this is like kind of more esoteric but people who sold their companies to facebook pre-ipo and those people, even if they sold the, their their startup to Facebook for very little money at that point, the yep. shares that they got in Facebook as part of that sale ended up being worth way more than you know the, the sale of their startup to Facebook. It's just like it's wild um, the amount of. Wealth that can be generated um, from a company's uh, and and owning stock in a company's enterprise value or the company's stock rather than having your salary and that being like the the most you could ever earn within that company.
2: It's it's game changing because you feel like you definitely feel like you're part of something greater than yourself. You and your team are, have a daily impact on what the company does and how it how it how it survives and how it becomes a big business and so you think about spending i spent five years at omd and i had a discount to the public market shares and over four years i actually just sold those shares to be able to buy a house uh yeah after almost 10 years at that company or 10 years later i sold those shares but i got a 20 percent discount to the public market um and i was one of thousands and thousands of teammates and so I think in general whether you work at a big corporation that has a benefit plan or stock options that you can buy into at a discount take those minimize the cash minimize the cash as much as you possibly can um, to survive you know don't pay 2x on rent where you can where you can pay 1,200 bucks a month instead of Mm -hmm. 2,400 don't buy the fancy car if you're 25 and, you know, for first few years out of college, um, you know, be frugal and invest in yourself to be able to have um, life-changing outcomes through the time that you spend on yourself at, in yourself at a company. Yeah. It's important to pay people, you know, what they're
0: worth, but especially in, you know, that's something that someone can join a much larger startup, a much larger company to do if they're optimizing for cash. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, startups kind of say, like, listen, we don't have a ton of cash. We can't pay top of market, but hey, here's this equity you get to contribute to something that you control the outcome of and can make a lot of money 10 years later, yep. 70% pay cut. Yep. And you bought a house 10 years later. Like, I who would pay for the whole house? Who but... would? But... <laughs> okay. Well, still, you're a homeowner
2: at 31. Yes, it did contribute to the down payment. It's amazing. Yeah, Um, And by the way, that conversation, I'm having it every single day. The conversation of um, we're a startup and we're building a fast growing company and we have um, a limited amount of cash on the balance sheet. So we are being very thoughtful about every single financial decision. And we're looking for teammates that have the same kind of intentionality as us in building a big business. And so majority of our teammates are taking significant pay cuts to work at our company and we're grateful that they're doing so and every single person has options um, to buy future value in the company future stock in the company and and what we do at our company is it's new um, over the last couple of teammates joining is we actually give them a spreadsheet of what their five-year earning income at their current job if they're transparent with us what those numbers are and that's not I think legally I don't think you're supposed to ask but sometimes the teammate just wants to see the numbers. And so we'll present um, like a five-year plan of what they could have made on a cash basis at their previous job that they made double at or triple at. And then we'll actually um, share our our significantly reduced salary, but also the additional value of a potential options at... Um, input cells that you can change based on exit value of the company and time horizon and discount factors so excel wizard not excel monkey <laughs>
0: <Ninja> <laughs> it's not really monkey. served you as yeah. a leader um so you mentioned you invested in q a and you have 25 people um i'm guessing you're pre-revenue no not pre-revenue okay well yeah. you're making money but you have 25 people so you've raised money yes you have investors you've been on both sides of that now Mm -hmm. what would your tips be as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. Um, and also what are venture capitalists looking for like what would your tips be in talking to investors because that's just such a such an opaque world sometimes um, and very few of us have access to people uh, like you so what would your tips be Um,
2: my tips would be to build long-term relationships Um, if you meet an investor and you're an entrepreneur they're also a human and um, they could be investing in you in the next month, or they could be investing in you four years later. That's pretty much what happened with us, right, Sophia? We met in 2015 and then became an investor in 2017. So um, you know, not, not to be transactional, but every opportunity, every interaction is a, a demonstration of who you are as a person, as a, as a person beyond a professional. And as an investor, I want to invest in people people that I can see myself spending time with over over the span of our careers and um, I really look for clarity of vision like I mentioned in entrepreneurs who see an opportunity to build something greater than themselves with a problem that they've identified um, uniquely and also have the wherewithal to run like what Troy says he has the best phrases he says run a mat truck through a cul-de-sac Wow. To move mountains. Yeah. Um, As an entrepreneur, um, when you take that bet on yourself and then you you bring on teammates to take that journey with you, you have to be willing to do do what it takes and get the job done. And that requires a lot of daily affirmation and self-care and a lot of... um, blood sweat and tears so I wanted to get into that that was like one of my last questions
0: you have an Instagram account with your family literally that tracks like how far you've run that day and each of your family members uploads a photo of where you ran and how far you ran which I really love um you do take care of yourself outside of work how do you do that what what would you what are your hobbies like how do you make sure that you're not just working all the time
2: Oh my goodness, I do work all the time, which is a honest answer. But I do try to take care of myself. Um, just especially in the last four years, I've been going to trying to go to sleep very early, wake up very early. And about 10 years ago, this is our anniversary. Now, my parents, my immigrant entrepreneur hustler parents, um, decided to join a run club with other asian american moms dads grandmas grandpas in their local town of in orange county and they run every single saturday and sunday for the last 10 years and their first half marathon was san francisco 10 years ago and for our 10-year anniversary just this past end of july what
0: do you mean by 10-year anniversary
2: 10-year anniversary of running we're the we're the hashtag running Mm -hmm. ruse so when they ran a half marathon at age 50 in July of 2009, um, I was like, wow, I just graduated from college and I could never run a marathon, let alone a half marathon or half a marathon, let alone a marathon. And I decided if my parents at age 50 could run a half marathon, and smile at the end of it, then I probably should put that higher on my prioritization list. And so I signed up for um, a LA Roadrunners training program in September, and in March for the 25th anniversary of the of the LA Marathon, I ran from Dodger Stadium to the sea, from stadium to the sea, and that was 26.2 miles. My first my first full marathon. And now we're 10 years later. And as a family, uh, humble brag, we've run dozens of half marathons and dozens of marathons. And by the way, I just want to caveat that we're slow runners, not fast runners. So there are people that run seven minute miles. We run like 10, 11 minute (laughs) miles. And so we're just chilling. We're just chilling, having fun, Um, That said, my parents, just in the recent years, have become fast runners. They do it so (laughs) much. In their 60s. In their 60s (laughs) this year. And so we ran this half marathon together, uh, San Francisco, as our our 10-year anniversary of running, as their 10-year anniversary of running. And I'm getting my butt whooped by my parents running incredibly fast. But was just amazing. It's become an amazing family tradition, uh, inspiration, motivation. Um, And yes, I started recording on the Nike running app, my daily runs um, and posting to Twitter, not because I want to spam Twitter, but because I want to keep myself accountable with other people that are Interested in keeping me accountable and themselves accountable. And over the years, I've expanded to, you know, then sharing that out on Facebook and then creating our own hashtag and then creating our own Instagram, which only has 48 followers, including you. I'm one of them. You are one of them. I like your pictures
0: of just buildings that are like, hi, "Hi, I ran here reporting in.
2: (laughs) I ran here one mile (laughs) at a 10 minute pace. Um, It's basically a run before a shower (laughs) situation. And... Yeah, it's become, it's, a, it's, it's become such a source of energy and inspiration and motivation just for myself and a reminder of my parents who, are pop, who if I ran one mile, they probably ran five that day. Um, and the, the constant effort that you have to put in into improving yourself. Um, so for me, that's become my, my main source of um, keeping myself taken care of and going. So there's a couple of questions I ask everybody who comes on Girl Boss Radio, and
0: one thing we think a lot about here at Girl Boss and talk a lot about is this concept of success, because you know we have a platform and create content around yes finance, yes career, yes entrepreneurship, but also about wellness, and those are some of our most popular um, pieces of content. Um, something women talk a lot about on the Girl Boss community. Um, what is your concept of success? Because it can mean so many things. And I guess I'll just say, what what does success mean to you right now?
2: Mm -hmm. My concept of success and definition has evolved over the years. And I think as a kid, um, as an immigrant, kind of third culture kid, uh, growing up with parents that um, really struggled to find their place in America, I think my concept of success is to build a company, build a team that has um, that has success for that the company and the team that we can all look back and say that we worked so hard together and had so much fun um, and that's my concept of success right now give it all back to my family and my friends and my team
0: so we have this thing called girl boss moments which I'm, I'm thinking you might be familiar with if you're not, and especially for listeners who might just be listening to Girl Boss Radio for the first time, and I hope there's lots of them. What is your most recent Girl Boss moment? A Girl Boss moment can be I ran a mile, I ran a nine minute mile, or I ran a twelve minute mile, and you know what? That was good enough. Or I made an incredible hire that I really love. So a moment in your most recent history that
2: you're just really proud of? I think the girl boss moment that I want to share about is in building this new company Q and A. Um, we are working with incredible teammates as well as incredible artists. So we already have um, a roster of artists that we're working with, and um, I think the girl boss moment is um, being able to share with our artists that are women: um, Evie Iree, Baby Rose, um, other Daisy Gray, other artists that we're working with on our roster that are also women, young women. For me to be able to share with them that I'm a co-founder and the president of our company Q and A alongside my co-founders Troy and Jay who are 25 year music entrepreneurs. That is a true Girl boss moment for them because they can see that I'm also sharing in the responsibility of building the company that they've aligned with for their future. That's incredible responsibility and girl boss moment for me it's a big mission that you guys are taking on it's really really you're
0: so inspiring
2: (laughs) thank (laughs) you for the record um thank you so much for coming on girl boss radio Susie. thank you sophia i'm i'm really honored to be on
0: All right, everyone, that's our show. I want to thank Susie for joining us on Girl Boss Radio. As you heard earlier in the show, we have some exciting new podcasts in the works at Girl Boss. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and in our newsletter for updates on all of them. And as always, if you like what we're doing on the show, please rate and review Girl Boss Radio on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Share Girl Boss Radio with a few friends and let them know you want them to listen in too. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.